The Defense Department finds itself embroiled in a fresh lawsuit brought by a software company. This time it's computer vision firm Percipient.ai versus the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. The case resembles an earlier dispute ending with a win for Palantir over the Army. Once again, a Silicon Valley software firm is claiming a defense agency is violating a law requiring agencies to buy commercially available products. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday joins me with the latest and tell us the details of this particular case of Percipient. Yeah, Tom, Percipient filed its lawsuit in the Court of Federal Claims on January 9th. And the suit centers on this Sapphire contract, as it's called. NGA awarded this contract to CACI back in January of 2021. It's about a $377 million contract to provide for development and integration and deployment of what NGA calls structured observation management, basically analyzing imagery and computer vision capabilities to help with that. Percipient alleges NGA is allowing CACI to build its own computer vision system under Sapphire rather than considering commercially available products like Percipient's own uh, product called Mirage. Uh, And Percipient says this violates the Federal Acquisition Streamlining Act of 1994 and its preference for commercial items. So that's what Percipient is, is really alleging here. Interesting. A fairly new company, but they are well-versed in some very old procurement law. And so what are they asking the Court of Federal Claims to actually do now? Yeah, since Percipient is aiming to find NGA in violation of of, uh, FASA, as it's called, that law, they are asking the court to essentially uh, force the agency to conduct an evaluation of the practicability of incorporating Mirage under the Sapphire contract. So this isn't a contract protest of, a, of, a, of this contract that was awarded to CACI two years ago now. It is essentially asking the court to force both NGA and CACI to consider commercial products like Mirage. NGA, of course, declined to comment, citing this ongoing litigation, and government lawyers have until over these next few days to really file a motion to dismiss the case should also note that CACI has also intervened as a defendant in this case. All right, then. So now we reference the Palantir case at the top here. What are the parallels? Yeah, Percipient's complaint cites the Palantir case really as a precedent of sort for ensuring agencies in this day and age follow FASA's preference for commercially available items like the software that's at the heart of this dispute. Palantir, of course, sued the Army over its plan for developing the Distributed Common Ground System, an intelligence data system for the Army. Palantir said the Army was violating uh, the same law that Percipient says NGA is violating. And ultimately, the court cited, uh, sided with Palantir, and the Army revised its approach and awarded Palantir a contract back in uh, 2019 to build a portion of the system. One difference, of course, while Palantir sued the Army prior to it making a contract award. In this case, Percipient is suing NGA after it awarded a prime contract to CACI, and it's calling into question the same the same law, but as a, a sort of subcontracting dispute of sorts. Right. So it sounds like somebody's building something under CACI that is doing original development that for which Percipient says, hey, we already have a product that does that. That's essentially what Percipient is alleging. What is the evidence Percipient is citing here when it comes to what they say is this violation? Yeah, the complaint cites recent job postings from CACI 
to, quote, build the very same tools that currently exists in the Mirage geospatial module, as they call it. And the complaint also cites, cites a January 3rd letter from NGA that Percipient says confirmed it had no intention of requiring CACI to license Mirage or other commercial or non-developmental items. So essentially, Percipient is saying we have this evidence that CACI is going off and uh, developing a piece of software on its own rather than looking to commercial systems like ours. Percipient says it also went to great lengths to get NGA and CACI to evaluate Mirage under this Sapphire contract. And essentially, they're, they're saying that, that no evaluation was conducted. So we'll have to see what the government and CACI come back with here to counter those arguments. This is a little bit of a strange case because the NGA has pretty good track record, pretty good chops of using commercial software. Almost every other word out of their officials' pronouncements is how we're using commercial software to leverage and add to and so forth and augment what the government gathers for itself. That's on data about the Earth. That's not the same as applications for looking at that data, I guess, or looking at the Earth, maybe. I don't know. We'd have to look at the requirements to see if, in fact, there is a real match in some level of detail that may not be apparent between what the requirements are and what percipient is actually offering. Just my speculation. What comes next in this case? Well, the government has to now file its motion to dismiss uh, the case here in the coming days. Percipient will then file its response in early February, and there will be some back and forth. And if, if things continue on from there, oral arguments are scheduled for March the 6th. So there's a bit of a fun month coming up here in this case. And would you say this case has maybe wider implications even than for the NGA, simply because the Defense Department writ large and you know the actual armed services and some of those fourth estate agencies outside of the IC have been talking about the need for bringing in all of these innovative vendors? And I don't think percipient.ai goes back to 1954 the way some other traditional contractors do. So is this kind of a case with maybe wider implications throughout DOD? I think so. I think it, it could eventually be kind of like the Palantir case. I mean, you have, again, a sil- new startup Silicon Valley firm uh, going up against an agency and then also a, a big prime contractor for the defense and intelligence agencies in CACI, kind of a traditional contractor. You would certainly call CACI that. So you've got that tension there. The Defense Department has paid a lot of lip service to buying commercially available software. And of course, Percipient is saying, is alleging here that they're not really following through on that. And then for NGA, you know, computer vision is really at the center of its future plans for analyzing imagery. You hear officials say all the time, we've got all this commercial space imagery. We can't possibly use human analysts to parse through it. So we need computer vision systems. And so that's why, uh, you know, this, this computer vision product is, is so important to the future here and why I think there's a battle brewing here over it. Yeah, I guess they need to know, you know, is that a missile silo we hadn't seen before or is it simply just a crop circle? That's the kind of questions I guess computer vision can help them with. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday, thanks so much. You got it, Tom. And check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. 
To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost... uh... Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I um, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of of people with intellectual disabilities and 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 physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit, you know, they, they basically were in d- direct care. And, and I will say, and on a, obviously we'll say about my, my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but, uh, the, the men and women that do take care of people with uh, pr- profound disabilities are, are really, um, you know, we, we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're, they're really heroes. And, um, so I was, I was drawn when I, I, and I just saw that, you know, Special Olympics was looking for someone. And I thought, well, you know, take a look at it and see, see, you know, throw, uh, send in my information. And lo and behold, I, I, I get hired and, um, I learn, uh, every day, almost something from, especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington, D.C. And, you know, uh, Terrell, who, who works in, in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries. Uh, if you're having a day that's, you know, getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has, a, has a good story. Like, it can just turn a day around for you. And, and, and you think of, I, I, you know, so often when you'll walk away, I'll be like, you know, whatever was bothering me or whatever is, you know, stressing me out. And come on, you know, like look at look at Terrell. Like he, he he faces everything with optimism, and 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 I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally. You see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents when they were born were often told this is a tragedy, and you should you should you know send your this child away. Don't don't you know and, and kind of forget about them. Get, turn them over to the state or or wherever, and and you know that you know just kind of watch, watch your hands of it. Um, and 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 in in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know. And but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming, and uh, and and you know, besting their times from, from their last competition. And they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from a- the athletes of Special Olympics that, uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, we get more than we give uh, working with Special Olympics. It, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do. But but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I 
I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That, that, you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful. And, and uh, I mean, we work hard and, you know, we we're up against, you know, the things that nonprofits are up against and, you know, the, you know, the issues of the day, but uh, man, you see it, it and, and, and the inclusion and the, at special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Everyone yeah. is equal at Special Olympics. It, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot. But you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics in experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, um, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people and, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's not just school age. It's it's, uh, you know, we say nine to ninety nine or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the founding uh, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to, to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest people that you will meet. And, and, uh, and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is, is how you'll learn it. Check us out at, you know, uh, specialolympics.org on, on our website. Uh, that will link you to your local program. You can follow through the, the clicks of how to get involved and where, what's closest to you. You'll enjoy it. I can promise you that. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll, uh, Talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.